अब हम एक ऐसा कदम उठाने जा रहे हैं जो दुनिया की किसी भी सरकार ने नहीं उठाया हुआ हमने निर्णय ले लिया है कि हिंदुस्तान के हर गरीब व्यक्ति को गारंटी करके न्यूनतम आमदनी देने जा रही है हेलो एंड वेलकम टू ऑल इंडियंस मैटर आई एम अशरफ इंजीनियर As the campaign for the 2019 Lok Sabha election got underway, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi proposed a universal basic income or UBI for the country. Since then the UBI has been the subject of much debate and it's worth analyzing its impact if introduced. It is estimated that India spends rupees 9 lakh crore on welfare delivered through thousands of schemes. Those such as the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act or Manrega are mammoth and have a national footprint. These schemes are difficult to implement, have leakages, and often don't even reach the intended beneficiaries. Besides, they are costly. And despite all our efforts, we still have more impoverished Indians than the entire population of the U.S. Here's where the idea of a universal basic income comes in. What exactly is it, and how does it work? the government would give it rupees 3000 if the income is rupees 8000 the family would get rupees 2000 and if the family earns more than rupees 10000 it would get nothing the idea of a ubi has enjoyed a resurgence in recent times especially after the covid-19 pandemic because it is thought to be a far better way of delivering social welfare than any other model it's not a new idea as many seem to believe It is thought that the first to propose it was Thomas Paine who was among the founding fathers of the US in 1796-97. He proposed basic incomes to young people in their 20s. Since then various UBI models have been tossed about. The UBI is a simple social policy that aims to build a financial floor below which no citizen can fall thus guaranteeing a certain standard of living for even the marginalized and unemployed. The UBI does not dictate how the money should be spent by the beneficiaries unlike many other direct cash transfer schemes. The UBI has at its core human dignity and the government's duty to help citizens. Such a minimum income guarantee has been introduced by many countries during economic emergencies and natural calamities. Perhaps the reason UBI mystifies people is the lack of understanding of its broad social impact, what it might cost and how it would be financed. When Rahul Gandhi proposed it, he termed it Nyay or the Nyunatam Aay Yojana. under it 6000 rupees per month would be transferred to 25 crore needy people the plan was endorsed by former finance minister pj tambram and later by former reserve bank of india governor raghuram rajan on the condition that other subsidies were rationalized or subsumed by the way rahul was not the first person to suggest a ubi in india it was first suggested by former chief economic advisor arvind subramanian in the economic survey of 2016 17 The survey proposed that 75% of the population be given 7620 rupees per annum using the 2011-12 poverty line as the base. The plan advocated for a fixed sum to each rural household except those which were demonstrably well off. 
However, it was dismissed by then Finance Minister Arun Jaitley on the grounds that it would face operational and political challenges. After Rahul's proposal and endorsements for it, Economics Nobel laureate Abhijit Banerjee also said India should begin cash transfers of Rs 1,000 per person per month. Naturally, the UBI is not a one-size-fits-all tool. The underlying national is different everywhere. For a poor country like India, the question is whether it is a more efficient social safety net than the existing one. In a very affluent society, the question could be how citizens can get a living wage when technology is taking away their jobs. Many countries are thinking of or testing out some version of UBI. These include Wales, Japan, Germany and Chile. Canada provided $1400 per month to those who lost their incomes due to COVID-19. The US offered citizens $1,200 for individuals or $2,400 for those who are married. When Joe Biden became president, the government distributed $600 to nearly every American adult. Later, fresh legislation offered up to $1,400 for individuals. South Korea issued crash transfers of $820 to citizens and Japan announced cash transfers of $931 per person. Since 2011, China has had the minimum livelihood guarantee scheme essentially cash transfers to the poor based on a locally set minimum income. During the pandemic, it expanded this to include almost all citizens in the rural hinterland. So what's the case for a UBI in India? Any government would want to ensure a more effective safety net. At the moment, the outcomes of our social protection programs leave a lot to be desired. Consider this. India spends 2% of its GDP or 9 lakh crore rupees on core social protection and welfare schemes. There are more than 10,000 of them. Often, the budgeted amount does not even cover administrative costs. Despite the scale, the schemes often don't reach the intended beneficiaries. Coverage of the schemes varies widely. A Dahlberg survey in April 2020 covering below poverty line families in 10 states showed gaps in coverage varied according to the scheme. PDS 15%, Jandan 43%, Social Pension 56% and PM Kisan 66%. These gaps can be blamed on eligibility challenges, lack of awareness and poor administrative procedures. Unconditional cash transfers, on the other hand, are thought to be one of the fairest, most cost-effective ways to tackle poverty and stimulate economic growth. Classical development aid is failing and direct payments might be the solution. The digital payment mode does away with red tape and corruption in the delivery pipeline. Transfer cash to households that need it and let them decide how best to spend it. It's not without its challenges, however. In a country like India, if you include every citizen, it would mean high government expenditure. It would also mean that wasteful agricultural subsidies for power, fertilizer and water would have to be phased out. However, that's not something you can do easily. The political fallout would be immense. Also, for it to mean anything, the UBI would have to be applicable only to those below the poverty line. By giving cash to everyone, the government would land up diluting it. Instead, it could pay a larger amount to only those who deserve the benefit. This way, the government need not scrap but retain many of the existing schemes that deliver food security and healthcare. Once the system for cash transfer stabilizes, it could give beneficiaries the choice of selecting from different service providers. This would introduce competition in service delivery, raising efficiency. You could add also certain conditions, such as children of the family staying in school up to a particular age, with stipulated attendance or pregnant women getting regular checkups. Importantly, the assistance should be designed to help beneficiaries overcome unemployment and not become a guarantee for a lifetime of dependence. So the cash transfers should go to carefully selected and monitored beneficiaries and the outcomes should be tracked. 
it is no one's case that the UBI is a silver bullet, but it's a potentially game-changing idea for poverty alleviation and social justice. At the very least, it needs a serious and open-minded examination. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-M-A-T-T-E-R.in for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in. Catch you again soon. <laughs>